welcome to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Hope you guys are doing well. Man, I'm doing excellent. Had a great birthday on yesterday. Um, thank you guys for uh, showing love uh, on the timeline, on social media. Man, what a great birthday present. Uh, FSU owed that to me because the 2016 loss against Louisville was actually on my birthday so that was like the worst birthday ever um but yeah man so uh appreciate you guys tuning in going to talk about the louisville game in pretty much every aspect here uh, on this podcast um if this is your first time checking us out uh, appreciate you guys giving me a chance uh, those of you that have been rocking with me since the beginning Welcome back. Uh, before we get into it, I'm going to go ahead and thank our sponsor, BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with the first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live and in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And I actually put a small wager on the FSU game against Louisville, and it wasn't looking good for a little while there, but of course we came through in the clutch. So one little money there on Bet Online. Also, uh, I posted um, some best bets for the game. Um, and I think I went three or five on those. And um, so if you haven't had a chance to um, use betonline.ag, uh, make sure you do so that helps the podcast out. But yeah, man, so let's get into it, man. What a what a what a game. I don't know if you guys if you haven't listened to the podcast before, uh, it's probably like five or six episodes back. Um, I talk about. FSU, I, I basically, I compared this team and their attitude and will to win. I, I compared them to like, you know, MMA fights. And like I said, those of you that know, uh, I used to cover MMA back in the day. And I talked about how a lot of times fights are won based solely on like cardio, cardio and putting pressure on your opponent, uh, no matter how talented or skilled one fighter is over the other one. And, um, Man, I'm telling you that that's that seems to be a pretty accurate uh, portrayal of this team. Uh, one thing they're not going to do is they're not going to lay down. They're not going to quit. You know, they're going to keep going to keep hitting you. Going to keep hitting you with body blows, and you know, stay in the fight. And you know, if you start to crack under that pressure, you know, they, they seem to be able to, uh, you know, f- you know, compared to years past, excel in those moments. And so I thought that was a, a good analogy for this game. You know, FSU came right out and hit Louisville right in the mouth uh, with a three and out on defense. And we're going to talk about the defense in this one. Um, trust me. And, you know, great complimentary football because they got a three and out. The offense gets the ball and they go right down the field and, and score a touchdown on FSU's first position. And, you know, it was like 7-0. You're like, yo, that was way too easy. And so, of course, uh, Louisville um, gets the ball back and they go right down the field and tie it up. And FSU goes down right down the field 
and misses a field goal. And, you, and like I said, if you've re- read anything on Chop Chat of late, I basically have said stop sending Fitzgerald out there to kick field goals unless it's like a 25, 30-yarder. I mean, he missed a 37-yarder the other night. And so at this point, you know, it's you got, you got to just start, start saying, hey, it's four-down territory once you pass the 40-yard line. I mean, and just start calling the game as is because, number one, field goals are not going to win the game. And number two, you just have zero confidence in Fitzgerald out there kicking field goals. And so um, it's 7-7 seven seven after the missed field goal, and Louisville goes 80 yards on seven plays to take a 14-7 lead. And then FSU comes right back, scores a touchdown, 75 yards on three plays uh, on a beautiful, beautiful throw from – Jordan Travis to Malik McLean. I said on Twitter, those of you that, that follow me on Twitter, I said, man, different receivers have stepped up each game. I felt like Malik McLean was going to make a play. He made a play. I mean, he made a play, but but the guy that really stepped up in this game was Johnny Wilson. Of course, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But, man, six receptions for 149 yards and two touchdowns. Whew. You know, that'll that'll get it going, so. Yeah, so, okay, so it's 14-all, and so I want to talk about the defense right here. Everybody online, now, obviously, you, you never want to give up, you know, back-to-back, you know, touchdowns, you know, two possessions, two touchdowns. So, you, okay, that's that's not good, you know. Um, but you knew you knew that Louisville was going to make some plays here and there. I mean, Malik McCunningham, I mean, that, that guy's a, he's a, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the ACC. I mean, dual threat, can throw it deep, you know, pretty much whatever you want to do, he can do it. And so you're like, okay, it's 14 all, and Louisville's driving again, driving again, and FSU forces a fumble. They get, they give the ball back to the offense. And then, unfortunately, uh, FSU turns right around, and three plays later, they give the ball right back to Louisville and mind you Louisville uh, gets the ball on FSU's 45 yard line after that turnover okay so almost at midfield they get the ball uh, you know with a great opportunity to score and FSU forces a three and out okay so keep that in mind they get the ball at midfield, pretty much Louisville does. FSU defense forces a three and out. After forcing a fumble, a turnover on the possession before that. Okay. So after the three and out, FSU, uh, they, they pin FSU deep, uh, you know, on their own eight-yard line. Uh, FSU goes three and out. Mastermano shanks a punt, which gives Louisville the ball at the FSU 43. So this is the second consecutive possession that Louisville has had the ball at midfield or on FSU's side, um, you know, of the field. And, of course, Louisville scores a touchdown, six plays on 43 yards. Okay, so obviously not great. That's pretty much seven yards of play. Um, But, I mean, it is a short field. Okay, so FSU, and by this time, uh, Jordan Travis is out of the game. So... FSU again punts and Louisville um, gets the ball. They're down. They're up twenty-one fourteen. Louisville is, 
and FSU's defense forces another fumble. Okay, forces another fumble, and then what happens? FSU uh, gets the ball. They start the drive at Louisville's 48-yard line. And then the, that drive, and this is with a minute left in the game, uh, in the first half. And then FSU gets down to the uh, Louisville 20. First and 10 on Louisville 20. Uh, Rotomaker gets sacked. Um, and it's third and 26. And basically, uh, Rotomaker throws uh, an interception and it gives Louisville the ball back with. 30-some seconds ago. Uh, anyway, they, they wound up uh, punting on that possession. Uh, FSU gets the ball back by like five seconds ago. So it's 21-14 in the halftime. Now, I want – let's go back. Let's go back and look at this. Everybody's screaming how terrible the defense has been. Now, granted, like I said, that the back-to-back possessions where they scored t- touchdowns on consecutive possessions, absolutely, that is, that, is not, that is not what you want. That is not winning football. Um, so other than those two, other than those two possessions, the other touchdown that they scored was, uh, when they got the ball pretty much at midfield, um, after Master Mono shanked the punt. Okay. Um, so 21 points in the first half, you know, I mean, I think Louisville was averaging like, I think it was something like six yards per play or something like that. But 21 points to 21 points. Okay, but let's go back and look at this. Let me, let me, I'm pulling up the play-by-play here. So after, after the two possessions where Louisville scored back-to-back touchdowns, it was Louisville fumble, punt, touchdown on the short field because of the interception. Okay, Louisville fumble, Louisville punt, halftime. Okay. Uh, FSU comes out, uh, goes right down the field, 10 plays, 75 yards, scores a touchdown to tie the game on their first offensive possession at the halftime. Okay. So then it's 21 21. And what does the FSU defense do? They force a punt, they force another punt, and then uh, Louisville scores uh, a touchdown, three plays. 63 yards to go up 28-21. Um, and the majority of that drive was a 40-yard run by Malik Cunningham that I'm pretty sure had a gazillion missed tackles. Okay? So, 28-21. Uh, now, FSU has a big boy drive. And that is whenever uh, Tate Rodemaker uh, hits Johnny Wilson for the 69-yarder, and then Johnny Wilson mosses, uh, I think it was Brownlee, uh, for the 10-yard uh, touchdown to tie it at 28-28. Okay, so big boy, big boy uh, answer from the offense and, to, and Rodemaker. And we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit in a second. Okay, so the next possession, Louisville um, goes five plays, 57 yards. And this is the drive where I said... FSU's defense got a win because they held them to a field goal, um, a 36-yard field goal. So Louisville goes up 31-28, and then 
FSU on their next possession, the offense goes right down the field and scores a touchdown, uh, taking the lead 35-31 for the uh, eventual game-winning score. Okay, but uh, there basically there's uh, let's see, there's basically seven minutes. Seven minutes to go, 7.54 to go, so eight minutes to go in the game. FSU is up 35-31. Louisville gets the ball, and the FSU defense gets a fourth down stop. Turnover on downs. FSU offense misses a field goal, Ryan Fitzgerald's second missed field goal of the game, which gives Louisville the ball back. With um, a minute and uh, minute and forty four, minute and forty four, Louisville's down thirty five thirty one. Minute and forty four though, and what happens? The FSU defense uh, gets uh, their third turnover of the game on a Kevin Owens interception to pretty much end it. So, whenever you look at this game in totality, you know everybody's talking about Adam Fuller. And I said before the game, I said the defense would be fine. Now, granted, they had a little more success than I would have liked on the first, the first. Well, obviously they got a three and out on the, on the first possession, but the second and third possessions of the game, yeah, uh, Louisville made that look really easy to go down and score on Adam Fuller, Fuller's defense. And, and again, the third touchdown was uh, basically a short field after a, a FSU interception. Um, but other than that, you know, FSU had one other drive where they gave up um, a touchdown. And that was, like I said, that was a, a largely a 40-yard run on Cunningham where, you know, FSU just missed a lot of tackles. And that was a theme on, on a lot of the plays. You know, FSU didn't tackle great in that game. Um, but th- when you look at things overall, you know, compared to um, last year, you know, last year uh, we talked about it on the last podcast – uh, Louisville was excellent on third down. Uh, they were nine of 19, um, last year, this game, they were five of 14, which is 35% conversion rate, not elite, but not absolutely horrible either. Um, now granted their yards per play was a little more, a little more than I would have liked for it, for it to have been, uh, cause basically, um, let me do the math here real quick. Um, let's see, that's 495. Yeah, so 6.3 yards per play. 6.3 yards per play. That's a little more than you would have liked, but at the end of the day, uh, they keep Louisville off the scoreboard enough to get the win. And so when I, whenever I look at this game, uh, there were some things that stuck out to me, uh, and a lot of people are forgetting. Uh, FSU played this game without starting defensive tackle Fabian Lovett. Also starting cornerback Omarion Cooper played very little. Also, they played like 75, 80, 80% of this game without Jared Verse. And and I think there was times there was a time when Tatum Bethune went out of the game with an injury also. So here you are with a defense against one of the, the better quarterbacks in the conference uh, with basically, you know, three starters missing 
and you give up 31 points, of which uh, one of those is a gift because they got the ball at midfield. Um, you hold them to 35% on third down, and they were, uh, I think, one of two on, yeah, one of two on fourth down conversions. So it clearly was um, a philosophy of, you know, contain Malik Cunningham. And so one thing that surprised me in this game is that Louisville ran the ball with their running backs uh, a, a whole lot better than I thought they would. And so I think the reason for that was whenever I, whenever I looked at the game, you could see that the defensive line pretty much was, um, you know, rushing to contain Cunningham and um, not let him get loose with his legs. But at the same time, that they didn't get any pressure on him whatsoever. And that allowed, I mean, there's just too much time for our defensive backs to have to cover somebody. And so that's why you saw a lot of the, uh, the longer pass plays uh, at points in the game. Uh, and then you saw, you said, well, man, why don't you bring more pressure? Why don't you do, why don't you do this? And there was a one play in particular in the game where Derek McClendon just came off the edge, like a bat out of hill. And, you know, basically ran past the play and Cunningham just went right where he should have been and got, you know, a whole lot of yards running. And so it's basically a pick your poison with Malik Cunningham, uh, the kid. Hey, look, the kid can play, man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, some of it was like, hey, man, you, psh, you know, you, you got to do something different. But at the same time, you kind of saw where, um, you know, what Adam Fuller was trying to do. You know, then they then they kind of spied. Um, Cunningham with Deloach and there were times when Deloach just couldn't keep up or he took a very bad angle um, to try to get the tackle you know so I mean at some point man guys just got to make a play and um, you know there were times where guys were in position to make plays and you know they just didn't Um, one thing I did not like uh, on the defense was it felt like at times the running backs for Louisville were, were I mean they were falling forward you know, for an extra, you know, two and three, four yards at, at, at times. And so I think they did miss uh, Lovett in there uh, against the run. But, you know, as far as, you know, just overall, though, I thought, you know, they did a, a good job of um, containing Cunningham enough. I mean, he still had, gosh, uh, what, 127 yards running on 17 carries. So Louisville did change some things that they had been doing in the first two games. I mean, 17 carries. But again, a, a lot of that production and yardage came on like two or three plays. Um, you know, so uh, one thing I would have liked to have seen a little bit more would have been uh, FSU uh, creating more havoc um, in the backfield. So they only had two sacks and four tackles for a loss. And then when you look at Louisville, Louisville had four sacks for 10 sacks for for loss. But again, that is with the Rotomaker playing like 60% of the game or more. And, um, you know, once he got comfortable, then he was able to to carve Louisville up also. Um, You know, so so those of you that are that are worried about the defense and Adam Fuller, look, I mean, Louisville's a team that offensively they can they can put points up. They got a, a great quarterback. Um, you know, it, it was a game plan that they thought would work, and and ultimately it did. I mean, like I said, when you look at it, 
when you look at it, you know, the job, the defense's job is to, to get the ball back to the offense so the offense can score, right? So after those um, first two um, touchdowns on the second and third possessions, you know, like I said, it's fumble, punt, touchdown with a short field, fumble, punt, second half, punt, punt, touchdown, field goal, turnover on downs, interception. I mean, when you look at it overall, I mean, eh, hey, bro, I mean, it's not it's not too bad. Um, considering you're playing without three of your starters for the most part. Okay. And so uh, hopefully those guys are okay. I love it. I think, you know, probably we just held out for more precautionary stuff. Travis tweeted out that good news. Uh, I'm taking that as probably, um, uh, you know, it's a, an ankle sprain and not a break or something like that. Um, I, I tweeted earlier today that I had a high ankle sprain whenever I was in college. I was playing baseball and I was on second base and guy got a hit and I was I was rounding third, you know, looking to score. And uh, my coach is waving me home to go score. And I get about a third of the way down the line, and he throws up the, the stop sign. And so I basically have to slam on brakes. And so my, my right foot just basically slides and rolls over uh, as I'm trying to stop and get back to the bag. And, man, you talk about black. My ankle was black and blue and purple every which way you want to turn it. And I was out for a month, and I had some some scouts coming to watch me play. And so my coach was like, you know, such and such is coming. Do you think you can play? And, of course, I'm like, well, I'm going to play. And I basically took, like, four a leave <laughs> to try to play in the game. Uh, we had a doubleheader. And about midway through the doubleheader, man, I felt like my foot was going to fall off. And so I wound up missing, like, another two weeks. So I hope that they don't rush uh, Jordan Travis back. I think they can beat Boston College without Jordan Travis. Um, as long as Tate um, plays at the level that he played the other night, um, the the better version that is. And um, hopefully a, an additional week off will allow Travis to come back for the um, Wake Forest game. You know, if if it's just a regular sprain, if it's a high level sprain, I would I man, I just don't know. I know how my injury was, uh, but everybody's different. Everybody heals differently and they have technology now that they didn't have back in, this was 1998 when that happened. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Um, I think um, I'm more concerned about Jared Versus' injury. Um, if I had to guess, that's probably a, an ACL or MCL sh- sh- strain at the very least. Um, hopefully, you know, he'll get some good news there. And then, of course, we had to we had to continue to see how Omarion uh, Cooper progresses with, with whatever he's dealing with. But man, let's talk about the offense, though. I mean, Jordan Travis comes out there, eleven of eleven to start the game. I mean, it's clear he is so comfortable with this offense. I mean, I mean, it looks so easy to him. I mean, the first play of the game, he has Cameron McDonald. I mean, you're just like, wow, this is. I mean, this is way too easy. And then the throw to um, Malik McLean. I mean, that's a that's a big boy throw. Um, and even the throw where the first interception, uh, of course, happened to Cameron McDonald. You know, he didn't even look for the ball, and it hits him in the hand, and the deflection goes off, and it's um, you know for a, a turnover. But I mean, that's not Jordan's fault, and it just sucked, man. Um, whenever Jordan got hurt uh, on that tackle, and again, I don't think it was anything malicious or dirty. Um, he just sometimes you get grabbed by the ankles like that, and you can. You know, you can get your ankle twisted up. 
But I'm not going to lie. At the point that Jordan Travis came out of the game and you knew Tate Rodemaker was going in, I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, it's over. We're going to lose this game. Uh, if Jordan Travis is out for a long time, we're this season is over. I mean, we started out great 2-0, but, man, we everything we have right in front of us is probably going to just unravel and go right off the table. And, of course, you know, Rodemaker goes out there and looks exactly how you thought he would look or how he, how he has looked in the past, and you're just like, man, what, what what are we doing? I cannot believe you're running him back out there after halftime. And, you know, I don't know what was said at halftime. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if, like, they had Tate Rodemaker to, like, set on Jordan Travis's lap, some of his magic could rub off on him or what. But, you know, they come out. And uh, he, you know, he makes a couple throws, but you could tell they were kind of conservative. And, you know, they they were run, they started to run the ball well. And, you know, he made a few throws and they scored a touchdown to tie it up 21 all. And you're like, well, hold on a minute. You know, I mean, he didn't throw a, a touchdown, but, you know, they scored. He led a drive, you know. So you're like, well, man, you know, maybe if the defense can, can buck up here and, you know, make something happen. You know, we 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 might have a shot, right? And of course, the defense. I'm talking third quarter. Louisville they force a punt, and then FSU gets the ball, and it's like three and out. Defense forces another punt. Offense gets the ball, three and out. You're like, oh man, it's 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 over. We just we just don't have it, you know. And um, then once Louisville scored that touchdown to go up 28-21, it was like. I don't know what happened after that, but it was like they were like, hey, look, we're just going to get the ball to Johnny Wilson. Everybody else get the hell out of the way. <laughs> and it became the Tate Road to make a Johnny Wilson show after that. And, uh, man, look, this is this is a huge win. I know a lot of people are like, oh, man, I f- it feels like a loss because of all the injuries. But, listen, getting that win, getting that type of win does so much for a team like FSU because it reinforces – Everything that Mike Novell has been saying the entire time, you know, talking about responding to adversity, um, you know, keep fighting, um, play the next play. All of that, all of that kind of just, you know, just goes into everything he's saying. I said, basically, it's like a piece of huge piece of rebar. You know how you're laying concrete and sometimes you have rebar in the concrete. It's just like putting a big piece of rebar in that concrete and that foundation to to help solidify and stabilize that foundation. And, you know, I can't tell you how that performance, how that should help Tate Rodemaker. Um, you know, and Mike Norvell would say it, you know, it's, you know, doing it in practice is one thing, but then doing it in the game is another. And obviously, you know, they they have felt confident with Rodemaker at practice. He's been able to, to do the things in practice. You know, it's just like golf. He hadn't been able to take it from the driving range to the actual course. And for... Rodemaker to finally taste that success, man. Um, I think that has got to be a huge weight off of his shoulder, shoulders. Um, you know, not only that, you know, I think that helps um, the players around him to start believing even more in him when he goes into the game. And you know, I would expect that. I mean, I don't know if he can play at that level like they like they did in those last few possessions. You know, if he plays like that, I mean, dang. You're still gonna win a lot of games, um, but even if he gives you like seventy percent of that, um, especially against somebody like Boston College um, or Georgia Tech or Louisiana, I mean that gets you to six wins because you won this game against Louisville. 
that gets you both eligible. And I think, you know, depending on what happens with Travis's injury, if he comes back, then there's some other games in there that you might be able to win one or two. So you're still looking at potentially eight wins. And that's what we, you know, that's what we, you know, said before the season. You know, you would take eight and four. Um, but not only that, um, you know, just how different guys are stepping up, you know, every game. Like I said, the first game, you know, it was um, – uh, was it uh, Portier, uh, Portier? Uh, he led uh, the receivers uh, from game one against Duquesne. And then it was uh, Ontario Wilson uh, in game two. Game three is Johnny Wilson. Um, and then some other guys got into it. And I can't, man, knowing that, you know, FSU uh, could potentially get a commit from five-star William, uh, five-star wide receiver Hakeem Williams this week. Man, you don't think they didn't show him Johnny Wilson out there mossing those dudes going uh, six catches, 149 yards, and two touchdowns? And then watching what Texas A&M did against Miami? Bruh. I mean, come on, man. I mean, that's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. Every week, uh, a different receiver has, has, has shined in this Mike Norville offense. So I think that was great. And then, of course, um, they could potentially get a, a commitment from four-star linebacker, um, Blake Nicholson. I mean, you you look at the linebacker play uh, over the, the first three games, and there's still some things they they got to get cleaned up. But I mean, yeah, they they would not have won um, a couple of these games if not for the linebacker play. Um, so um, things are looking really good for FSU right now, despite all the injuries. Um, and think about this too: you you're facing a, what I think will be a, a well. They could fold now that uh, they lost this game. I'm talking Louisville here, but from a quarterback and you know standpoint, um, Cunning, Cunningham can make some something shake against most defenses. And so, when you look at it and you say, "Man, FSU held Louisville to ten points in the second half without Jared Verse on the field, without Amarion Cooper on the field for the most part, and without Fabian Lovett on the field, bro." shout out to Patrick Payton came in as soon as he came in, made a play um, on a screen pass. So, you know, this is an opportunity for those young guys to, to come in and um, hey, next man up, you know, it's time you got to make a play. And um, so I think, I think there are a lot of great things happening in this program aside from, you know, just the injury standpoint, but um I told someone on Twitter, well, I tweeted it yesterday. Um, they posted a clip of Kevin Knowles speaking after the game, and you can just hear the passion that that kid spoke with. And you know, he hadn't played like at a at a high high level. This, this, there's some things he had to clean up. So, um, but seeing him get that interception and just hearing the conviction and the passion in his voice, uh, you know, when speaking about this team, this program, man. That, Man, this is stuff we haven't seen in Tallahassee in a long time. Just uh, the mental fortitude to, to to you know get punched in the face with with injuries and, and and turnovers and a guy that has not proven anything whatsoever to be able to go into a game and win a game like that on the road. I mean, guys, people are taking notice. I, I wrote about it on Chop Chat yesterday. You know, you had. Um, some some national media um, tweeting about FSU and how they were zero four last year. Now they're you know three and zero. I think my guy Adrian uh, Polk um, tweeted out you know we started out four zero and four uh, last year, but uh, over the last eleven games we're eight and three. 
hey, things trending in the right direction. Uh, you know, they're, they're climbing, as, as, as Mike Novell says. So um, great win, great win for the program. Uh, I'm just so happy for those guys and everything they've, they've done to get to this point. But um, I know people are talking about, you know, why aren't we ranked and all that good stuff. And I really could care less if we're ranked keep us unranked for all I care. Ranking means nothing. If you watched that Texas A&M and Miami game last night, both of those teams were ranked and you looked at both of those teams and said, both of them are trash. I mean, they're not very good. I mean, I, I talked to somebody at church today and I was like, Hey man, I was like, do you watch that game last night? He's like, bro, I fell asleep. I was like, exactly. Right. So don't worry about a ranking, you know, let the results speak for themselves. Go out here this week, take care of Boston college uh, those guys that are dealing with injuries, rest up, heal up, next man up. And then hopefully, um, you know, we'll welcome um, Wake Forest to Tallahassee week after next. And I don't know if you guys saw the game with, or with, with Wake Forest on Liberty yesterday, but Wake Forest uh, won 37-36. They were 17-point favorites in that game. So, hey, nothing's off the table with this FSU team. Um, you know, we'll just see how things shake out from an injury standpoint, but um, looking at everybody else on the schedule, uh, I, I I wrote about it on Chop Chat um, seven weeks ago, and uh, it's, it's titled, Is This 2022 Schedule As Daunting and Everybody Says It Is? And I didn't think it was. I knew A&M were frauds. I knew Miami were frauds from a, a ranking standpoint. Um, I, I talked about NC State. Uh, I put them as my number two most overrated team on the schedule. Um, Florida should be one and two. Uh, instead of two on one, um, Miami hadn't beaten anybody. They hadn't even beaten a Power Five team yet. Um, you know, so Georgia Tech looks like Georgia Tech. The only team that that looks like they, you know, they could be um, overperforming my expectations would be Syracuse. But again, uh, as I pointed out on Twitter earlier this week, um, Syracuse they should have lost yesterday actually, but um, they have to play. Um, Notre Dame, who doesn't look too hot right now, obviously, but Clemson, Pittsburgh, and NC State all consecutive weeks before um, FSU travels up there. So they're going to be beat the hell up um, whenever we roll up there. Hopefully we'll be healed up by then, and, um, you know, we'll see how things shake out. But, um, but yeah, so um, great win for for the program. Um, I will try to record – uh, well, I know I record. I, I'm gonna try to do two episodes um this week, just depending on how these you know the, the news about these injuries come about. Um, but yeah, so uh, try to get two episodes in. Uh, we'll see. I can't can't promise you that, but I do I do want to try to get uh, more consistent with uh, these podcasts because you guys have shown me a whole lot of love on social media sharing these episodes i really do appreciate it we have gotten um let's see the second highest the second the last episode was the second highest we've ever had and um you know hey just like the fsu team let's keep going let's keep um you know sharing what we do here and um, all i'm looking to do is put out good content um something different than everybody else and so um if you haven't had a chance to um, leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you listen to us on. Um, please do so. Um, I think we got four, uh, more over the past week. So if you, um, did so, I appreciate it. If you did so, um, make it so I can see it. Um, those of you, some of you in the past, you, you put a comment and I can see the name or whatever. 
if you can let me know, you know, let me know you did it and I can, I, I can shout out, um, credit to you for that. So, um, again, subscribe if you haven't and, um, make sure you um, check out our sponsor bet online at AG and, uh, until next time, go notes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.